Welcome back to The Urban Monk. I am happily in Southern California where the weather is turning warm and it's so yummy. It like reminds you of why you live here. I just went outside and had a bowl of soup. I got a buddy in town and just like three of us out there in the sun going, yeah. Right? And in about three weeks from now, it'll be the eternal summer. It'll be 95 degrees and you can't sit out there anymore. Um, so uh, it's nice being inland and being in perfect weather. Uh, I am back in studio in California this week and I am happy, very happy to have a good friend of mine on the show. I don't know if I've ever had her on the show, which is weird because, you know, we've just kind of missed each other in schedule. Uh, but Dr. Uh, Isabel Wentz is a pharmacist who uh, has. Uh, revolutionized the way we look at thyroid. And uh, she uh, had problems herself and uh, was just like, fuck that, and looked into it and started to figure out why she was feeling the way she was and she was able to turn around a health condition that was really uh, debilitating. And so now she is vibrant, she is healthy, and she has helped, I think by now, millions of people deal with their thyroid issues. So welcome, welcome to The Urban Monk. Hey Pedro, it's so great to be here with you. I'm so excited we're hanging out. I know, seriously. Like, uh, so you live in Colorado, and I hardly ever get to see you. And so, uh, you know, her, her and her husband are, are friends, and uh, you know, we kick around in some of the same circles. And you know, there's people out there. I have to say, no names, no names, no names. But there's people in the health industry that are just doing the kind of same old, same old in health, and they're like, you know, just kind of playing that, playing that game. And then there's the people that are actually just breaking concrete and still going and drilling down and changing things. And you've made quite, quite a mess of the establishment recently uh, with your work, right? Like you've actually, you've broken up a lot of, you know, old thinking and um, had to do it. And it all started with your own inquiry. You know, absolutely. So I was diagnosed with a thyroid condition after almost a decade of some pretty debilitating symptoms. And I was a pharmacist at that time. And um, you know, it just didn't make sense to me that I had this thyroid condition and that it just came out of nowhere and that I was just supposed to take thyroid hormone while my body attacked itself. Most thyroid conditions are because there's an autoimmune component. So the immune system is attacking our thyroid gland. And so I went to like the top endocrinologists in Los Angeles and I said, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to what are we gonna do? Like, I need to address this condition. I need to figure out what caused it, and I need to do everything in my power to take charge of my own health. And they said, um, "You're gonna be trouble, aren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> stop! Stop being that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and of course, I never meant any trouble. I just really wanted to feel better, and the medications helped, of course, right, a little bit. So I went from sleeping for 12 hours to 11 hours a night. And then all of a sudden I realized that Southern California was not like as cold as I once thought it was. <laughs> so I went from sleeping under, you know, just two blankets to finally just one blanket. But still I have kept having panic attacks, anxiety, fatigue, irritable bowel syndrome. I had like these sexy braces on each arm. I had carpal tunnel that was so bad that I couldn't do yoga. I couldn't do any reports at work. And I was, I just got tired of it. I was like, this is not working for me. I need to figure out something different. Um, nothing that I learned in school was really helping um, other than the fact that I was, I learned how to research. And so I just started researching for my health. And one by one, as I started to change my lifestyle and started to figure out what some of my triggers were, I was able to recover my health um, and just start shedding some of those symptoms. And you know, when you're chronically fatigued for about 10 years, 
you become really efficient and really effective at what you do because you're you're either sleeping and then you have to get shit done, right? And so once I got my energy back and once I had all this surplus of hours in a day, I just decided to take thyroid disease as a personal life mission and put out a book about Hashimoto's, how to recover from that. That became a New York Times bestseller. Um, I created a documentary and just, you know, I'm just really trying to shake up the system and let people know that there's this condition and that's probably the reason why you're having all these crazy symptoms and that you can do things to recover from it. And a lot of times the answers are not in your doctor's office. A lot of times these are the things you do in your day-to-day life that can help you recover your health. So what is Hashimoto's by definition? Let's just, let's, let's look at, because a lot of people have that diagnosis. And so what, what, what do we know uh, officially and now what do we know now? Right. So it, it's thought to be a rare condition. That's, that's kind of the official, official, <laughs> <laughs> official um, mind frame is that it was a rare condition, right? And now we're looking at the data and the information out there. At least 27% of the population in the U.S. has this condition, but it's not caught at the right time. What it is, is basically the immune system decides to um, recognize the thyroid gland as a foreign invader and attacks it much like it would a pathogen. And so it's our own body attacking our thyroid gland. Eventually that leads to the breakdown of the thyroid gland and we can no longer produce thyroid hormones. For the first 10 years that you have this condition, your thyroid is being attacked and you're having all these symptoms, panic attacks, anxiety, infertility, miscarriages, weight gain, um, fatigue, and you go to the doctor and they tell you that there's nothing wrong with you because they don't do the right kind of testing. The TSH test is the test that gets elevated when a significant portion of the thyroid gland has been damaged where the thyroid gland can no longer make enough thyroid hormone. And most people get diagnosed 10, 15 years after the whole disease process starts. For me, it was about 10 years. So you go into your average kind of run-of-the-mill medical doctor's office. They're not running this test. They don't know to run this test or insurance doesn't pay for this test. Like how how backwards are we? Oh my gosh, it's so (laughs) silly. Insurance does pay for these tests. They're thyroid antibody tests. They're very inexpensive. Um, and you know, if you were to buy them out of pocket through a private lab, it would be under $100 for both tests altogether. But they say that the doctors, per guidelines, from insurance guidelines or whatever they learned from their practices or school, is that they should first test the TSH, and then if that is elevated, then they can test the other, an- then they could test the antibodies, which is kind of backwards, right? Because the antibodies are elevated for 10 to 15 years. Prior. before the TSH does. And the antibodies basically mean that the thyroid gland is under attack. It's the ultimate wisdom of the allopathic model gone wrong, right? Let's just wait for it to break and then they could do drugs to fix it. Oh, I'm sorry, not fix it, right? That, that's, it's so ass backwards. Yeah, it's definitely ass backwards. And it's, it's silly because it's, I've had um, clients and patients who have said, Well, they found out that I had this, but they said my thyroid gland wasn't damaged enough and to come back when it was fully damaged. And then they would help me. And it was like, but here I am, like having panic attacks and anxiety and I'm overweight. And they were like, oh, well, maybe you should take antidepressants. And it's it's really frustrating because, um, you know, lifestyle interventions and definitely having the right kind of thyroid hormone could significantly help a person. People can use psychiatric diagnoses when they get the right treatment. 
Amazing. So you're on Prozac, you're on all sorts of sleeping pills, you're taking all sorts of crazy things to make up for this really misdiagnosed thing. And one in five people are walking around with this. Yeah, I mean, 27% of the general population in the US, if you do more advanced testing, right, has this condition um, in the various different stages, whether wow. it's in the early stages or the late advanced stages, where, um, you know, I, I didn't mention this, but the fourth stage is when we have the thyroid gland is almost completely destroyed. And the fifth stage is when the autoimmunity continues and the immune system starts to attack a different part of the body. And so it, it's kind of scary when you don't do anything about it because it can be progressive. So let's look at this autoimmunity thing because I think a lot of people, um, you know, we, we've been hearing about it more and more. Um, but to understand how this diet thing could lead to this autoimmunity thing and to bridge the gap of, you know, kind of like the, the molecular similarities and some of the things that, that would drive antibodies to start being synthesized for thyroid tissue. Mm -hmm. So there's a few different ways that it works. Um, in some people, when they have celiac disease, that's been pretty documented that gluten can cause them to attack their own thyroid gland. There's some um, cross-reactive proteins on the gluten mole molecule that looks similar to the thyroid gland. And, you know, I kind of like to think of it as like the immune system is, is walking around with an iPhone and taking snapshots of, of, you know, all the different proteins out there. And then it's showing it around and saying, this is who we need to attack. And mm. then it's a case of mistaken identity in that case where the immune system starts reacting to the food and then it also reacts to anything that looks like the food. So that, that's one subset. The other subset is governed by the IgG part of the immune system. So there's a few different ways that the immune system can um, react to various things. Um, one of them is known as allergies, and this is governed by the IgE part of the immune system. And this is something where, you know, if you're allergic to peanuts, you'll have um, anaphylaxis, you'll have difficulty breathing, you know, you're going to know because you're going to have hives if you have this horrible reaction. With um, IgG reactions, um, this is a delayed type 4 hypersensitivity reaction where you eat a food and then your body does, um, creates an immune response to it. Now, this is usually seen in symptoms in the gut, joint pain, brain fog, sometimes skin breakouts, um, irritability, those kinds of things. Um, the other interesting thing that not many people are aware of is Hashimoto's is also a type 4 delayed hypersensitivity reaction that's governed by the IgG branch. So in, in a way, whenever we eat these foods that cause an IgG reaction, we're upregulating that system to keep attacking the thyroid gland. So in very simple terms, there's foods that basically drive up the attack on the thyroid gland whenever we eat them. So obviously avoid those foods. Um, and then what, what kind of interventions are we talking about? Like what, what does one have to do to start kind of coming back from the precipice and, and get the body to, to kind of stop attacking itself? You know, with, um, with Hashimoto's and with just about every autoimmune disease, there's going to be six different things that cause it. So food sensitivities are one that we just talked about nutrient deficiencies, an impaired ability to handle stress, toxins, um, a leaky gut, as well as chronic infections. And what all these things have in common is they send a signal of danger to the body and they let the body know that we're not safe in this environment. So whenever, let's say if we were eating foods that were inflammatory to us, 
cavemen, cave women, wouldn't be doing that unless there was a famine. If we are nutrient depleted because we're eating processed foods, usually that also sends a message to our you know, ancient bodies with ancient genes that there's a famine. Same thing with, with chronic stress, um, same thing with toxins in our environment. And um, what happens based on adaptive physiology is the body tries to slow itself down whenever our environment is not safe. And so the fastest way to slow the body down, to slow down the metabolism, ensure our survival, is to attack the thyroid and create an autoimmune response within the thyroid to kind of slow things down. So um, the easiest way to create, um, reverse this condition is create a safe sense of safety within your body. Um, and this can be done through numerous ways. Um, and just, you know, one of, one of the great ways is to start thinking positive thoughts, right? And not that positive thoughts are going to help you overcome everything, but it's a step in the right direction. So doing things where you put yourself in a, um, you go from the fight or flight state to a rest, digest, and heal state. Whenever you can do that, that's going to help you. So sleeping more, cutting out caffeine, incorporating helpful, relaxing routines in your life. 95% of people with Hashimoto's say that stress is a significant trigger for them. So that's going to be one of the key things is addressing stress. And I, I know that the urban monk is the king of stress reduction, right? And creation, if you ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and you know, and, and it's, it's a matter of how you handle the stress. And so part of it is it might be rewiring your brain and, and getting yourself in kind of a more of a relaxed state. The other thing is to take away the things that are causing you inflammation. A lot of times these are going to be foods. Gluten, dairy, and soy are, is what I have people starting with. Then I have them um, make sure they're nutrient sufficient. So sometimes taking nutrients that cost $20 a month can help rebalance the immune system and can help people feel significantly better, like eliminating fatigue in three days. And then we're looking at, you know, how do we support the body's own capabilities? So how do we clear out our toxins out of the body? How do we support our gut function? And whenever we do those things, we start seeing the symptoms melting away and going away one by one. So you mentioned um, what in your Hashimoto's protocol that it's about a 90-day plan. You know, and we, we live in this world where everyone's like, you know, six-pack abs in seven minutes, you know, and it's just all this kind of instant gratification. What is it doing? Why is 90 days the important threshold? Like what's happening with the cells? What do we need to be patient with in order to actually start healing? Right, so that, that's a really great question. And as far as the cells go, generally with the immune cells that cause us to, that produce antibodies, we're gonna, see, we're gonna need about 90 days to see a complete turnaround in the function of those cells and to see the full impact. We're gonna see some trends within 30 days um, of making lifestyle changes in those objective markers. The cool thing is, in the subjective markers like symptoms, we actually start seeing improvement within the first two weeks of the Hashimoto's protocol. The first two weeks is based on liver support and um, 65 to 75% of my clients who have gone through the liver support and people who have gone through my program will say that they feel significantly better within just the first um, week or two of liver support. Um, I had one client who had multiple chemical sensitivities and headaches, joint pain, fatigue, all kinds of, you know, classical thyroid symptoms, and um, she was started on the liver support. This was right around Christmas, and she called me 
and said, wow, I'm at the mall with my kids for the first time in years and I could finally walk past those Yankee Candle stores without having you know, a choking fit Freak from out. all the chemicals. Um, and this is something that happens once you start supporting your own body's natural detox capabilities as we get rid of some of that toxic backlog and the symptoms start to vanish. Interesting, and, and, and so most people don't realize how toxic they are because you know, if you're surrounded by it, Right, like you know, you're you're in a loud bar with a bunch of drunk people. Eventually, you start yelling too, right? <laughs> and, and, I always do. That, yeah, you know, choice, right? <laughs> um, and so, you know, when you're in our environment, where you know all the perfumes and the, the you know the creams and the topicals and all this thing, all these things that 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 overload the liver are constantly there, and you're always on that kind of threshold, then that that fuse is really short. And so, you're saying that even with all of this kind of cellular regeneration and all the things that that need to happen for the, the system to, to, to chill out and the IgG numbers to come down and all that. Just helping the body's detox pathways symptomatically just bam, starts to make people feel better. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I like to think of the analogy as kind of an overburdened, overworked like government office worker with like a mm. stack of papers on her desk, mm. right? And she's trying to get through the papers. And then somebody else comes up and, and is like, here's more papers, right? And that might be fluoride or here's more papers. Here's some endocrine disrupting chemicals. Mm. And that she flips out and she says, don't give me more stuff. Like I'm freaking out here. I can barely get through this. Mm. And that's essentially what happens when we have um, thyroid disease and autoimmunity. Um, thyroid disease specifically, people are not sweating enough. So they don't have that ability to get rid of toxins through sweat. They're not, um, that's a symptom of thyroid disease, and their gut is always going to be impaired, so they're not getting toxins that way. And then the, all this pressure and all these toxins basically go into the liver, and they kind of keep recirculating. So it's like, you know, that, that passport that you applied for or, or that driver's license, it's, it's taking you six months to get here back from it when it should take her 10 to 15 minutes mm, to process. Mm, mm. And when you give <laughs> this um, government worker like an assistant, or somebody that can help her efficiently process that, so you support, give her some support, then all these things get happen and, and she's happier. And that, that's what we're doing with liver, the liver protocol, is we're giving the liver support through different nutrients and herbs, amino acids, um, functional foods, as well as we're sort of taking away the low-hanging fruit. So like the toxins in our environment, like the gluten, dairy, and soy, which are toxic to people who um, have overburdened systems, um, the fluoride we're taking away, the triclosan, the endocrine disruptors in, in makeup, and you know it's just amazing what happens when you give the body that opportunity to to heal on its own and to to sort of breathe and and have you know have a, have some time with fresh air and smell the roses. You know, um, uh, most people who have not done that. Um, will never know, right? Like if you haven't done a proper detox, you don't know how light you can feel. You don't know how good you can feel. And so many people are just walking around so burdened that it just, it creates challenges. Um, and and you, you'll never see the other side of that unless you do it. So you gotta just, you gotta clean up. You gotta clean the mess. Uh, I got a question about glandulars. I know, you know, it's it's kind of taboo because, uh, you know, if they're not vegan, right? And and so, but a lot of doctors really recommend them. What What's your take on that? Is that just a Band-Aid? Um, overlying the actual kind of audio, autoimmune issue here? Yeah, um, so glandulars can be controversial in some circles. Um, 
What I found is that glandulars are actually very, very helpful for people with thyroid disease, especially from the early stages, from stage two onto stage five, when they have some damage to their thyroid gland. The glandulars can really help a person feel significantly better. And um, if you're getting like natural desiccated thyroid hormone, like WP thyroid, they're very well tested so you know exactly what's in them. And they're bioidentical to what we would normally make within our own thyroid glands. It's one of those interventions that's very, very helpful. And I always recommend it along with um, lifestyle changes because, you know, let's face it, it, thyroid tissue, it's much, much easier to prevent the damage to it than it is to regenerate and regrow new tissue. We do have interventions in Hashimoto's protocol that can help accelerate tissue regeneration but generally, most people, if they have some damage to the thyroid gland, they're going to feel significantly better with some hormones. But the deal is people don't want to just stop there because if you were just to take hormones, the autoimmunity just keep, can keep progressing. It's like having a bucket with a hole in it and you just keep pouring more and more water yeah. into the bucket rather than plugging up the hole. And that's what the lifestyle and functional medicine does is they, we aim to plug up the hole in the bucket. Makes life so much easier, doesn't it? Uh, we got we got a question from the audience. I'll push to uh, Sean over here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we got one from Sharon. Um, she said, "Is this protocol suit suitable for hyper hyperthyroidism?" Hyper. Yeah. Uh, Sharon wants to know if it's suitable if the protocol is suitable for hyperthyroidism. Yeah, actually, so Hashimoto's and Graves' disease. Graves' disease causes an overactive thyroid. Hashimoto's causes an underactive thyroid, and it's actually, I almost want to say the same condition because it's still an autoimmune attack on the thyroid gland. It just so happens that a different part of the thyroid gland is attacked. So the liver, adrenal, and gut protocols and pretty much every single advanced protocol will apply to hyperthyroidism. The only thing that a person would modify is instead of trying to increase their thyroid hormones like we're doing in underactive thyroid, we would want to suppress the thyroid hormones in hyperthyroid. And there's um, an intervention there known as low-dose naltrexone, which is, um, which is the least toxic of the medications to do that. And there's also some herbal interventions that can help with um, suppressing the thyroid function until the body rebalances itself. How much does exercise weigh in on this? Like just getting the body moving? You know, the exercise, it depends. It depends on how the person is doing um, within their adrenals. So I see a lot of people who can induce thyroid disease in themselves with extreme diet and extreme exercise because again, our, our primitive cavemen bodies think that we're being chased by tigers and bears. And so what we found is when we give um, a person a spa month, if they're in the advanced dysfunction, stress dysfunction, um, where we have them pretty much rest for a month and just do very light exercise, they can recover and lose weight. Um, it's gonna depend on the person, of course, and what degree of dysfunction they have, and I have some assessments to help you determine where you are in the exercise kind of scale. Um, but one kind of big, big clue or hint is when you're done exercising, you should feel better than you did before you started the exercise, and you should feel like you could do that once more again. If not, if you feel like, wow, I feel more tired and I feel like I could not do that again, that means that exercise is too much for you. And generally, like muscle building exercises like Pilates, yoga, um, weightlifting are going to be more helpful for people who are um, 
have autoimmune thyroid disease than people who are, you know, then doing like running or extreme sports. Got it. So, so build up some mitochondria, build up better ability to kind of metabolize sugars uh, and, and build some resilience against stress, which is also, you know, what some of those exercises tend to do, um, you know, the, 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 the gift that keeps on giving. Exactly. The whole beginning of my book, the um, foundational protocol is all about building resilience, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Lord knows we could use it in our world. Mm. So the book is called The Hashimoto's Protocol. Uh, Isabella Wentz, uh, dear friend, um, book is out now. And uh, here's what I saw this morning. The book is number two on Amazon behind Bill O'Reilly. Uh, I want my friend to be number one. So if you're listening to this right now, please go on to Amazon and buy the book and leave a comment, a nice comment if you will, and let's help this book be number one and, and really rise to the top. Uh, this is a serious piece of work. Uh, Isabella does her homework and she is one of the, the leading experts in the field. Uh, if you're suffering from the fatigue we've been talking about, if you're suffering from the brain fog and the moodiness and, and you suspect, even suspect that you have something going on with your thyroid, it is important to know what's going on. Uh, I highly recommend this and I say again, go to Amazon right now and get the book and let's put this book number one and let's get this in the hands of more people. Because this is how this works, by the way. This isn't just like, you know, us trying to like win on a scoreboard. Is when a book becomes number one, then all of a sudden other people pick it up and then you get it cross-exposed to multiple audiences. And so if your stated goal is to help more and more people, that level of exposure and these little kind of bumps and accolades make a big difference because then you end up being able to put this in front of this group, which is 7 million people and this. And so if we're talking 27% of our population, that is a lot of people that are needlessly suffering. Let's help them. Let's help them. Okay. Get a book, get one for your friend, help share it and let's get this going. Isabella, I, uh, I wish you the best with this. I mean, I'm, you have my undying support. I love you, I love your husband, you know, we go way back. And I know what it takes to, you know, go into the cave and write a book. Um, and you write smarter books than I do, like, you know. <laughs> I, I just talk shit compared to what you're doing. You're doing you're doing a lot of research on the on the medical studies to get into all this, right? And so um, this is important that um, you know people understand that there's more than what their kind of you know street street uh, doctor is saying. And a lot of times those guys their hands are tied, right? They just they're playing by rules that don't serve us, but serve the business of medicine, and that sucks, right? That's not what we're, that's not what we're in this for. We're in this to help people. So again, get the book, Hashimoto's Protocol, Amazon. Uh, let me know uh, once you've read it, uh, what you think, and let's open up a discussion to see how we can get more and more people waking up to the fact that maybe they don't feel well because of some internal reason, right? Stop blaming yourself for being moody and having brain fog. There might be a reason why. All right, let me know what you think. This is Dr. Pedram Shojai, the urban monk. Isabella, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Pedram. It's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure. I'll see you next time.